0: hello hello thank you for joining us on two middle-aged men in their top 10 i'm scott and i'm john if you would like to check out our social media you can find us on twitter instagram facebook and tiktok all with the same handle at 2 m a m top 10 that's at the number 2 O P T E N. If you'd like to subscribe slash follow our show, you can find us on Anchor and Spotify the easiest. We are also on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and most other places where you find podcasts. Please follow, rate, and review, and let us know what types of lists you'd like to hear us talk about in the future. Full disclosure, our current to-do list is over 250 items long, but that doesn't mean they're all good ideas. So feel free to share with us what's your favorite genre of movie. What's your favorite year in movies? Who's your favorite actor or actress? We'd love to hear from you. And there's nothing we won't talk about that's movie related. And now let's get on with this week's show. And this week, we are doing top 10 biopics. And today we're doing uh, numbers 10 through six. My number 10 on my uh, list of top 10 biopics uh, is, uh, this one's a little personal for me. Um, It's uh, You Don't Know Jack. Uh, from 2010, with an IMDb rating of 7.6, with an 83% tomato meter and 83% audience score. Uh, It was directed by Barry Levinson, uh, screenplay by Adam Mazur, and stars Al Pacino, Susan Sarandon, John Goodman, Brenda Vaccaro, and Danny Houston. Uh, And the movie is a look at the life and work of doctor-assisted suicide advocate Jack Kevorkian, uh, Dr. Jack Kevorkian in the 1990s, uh, when he defies Michigan law, assisting the suicide of terminal persons, support comes from his sister, a lab tech, the Hemlock Society president, and a lawyer. The child of survivors of the Armenian genocide interviews applicants, his sister videotapes them. He assembles a device allowing a person to initiate a three chemical intravenous drip. The local DA, the governor, and the legislature respond. In court scenes, working is sometimes antic, He's single-minded about giving dying individuals the right to determine how their lives will end. He wants the supreme, he wants the Supreme Court to rule. He picks a fight he can't win. Is it hubris or heroism? Uh, now, not to get too serious or whatever, but my my grandma was actually one of his um, victims or whatever. Uh, she was actually, and she she actually appears in the movie. Like her, you know, because it no. shows him. Yeah, it shows him interviewing. The whatever and it superimposes you know um al pacino as jack working in a video with my my dad's mom my grandma so um so that's kind of a cool little uh yeah. open. my grandma technically was or is in a scene with al pacino um so but yeah i remember my dad actually went to in like 96 i believe it was went to michigan to um the court that's actually in the movie, the court scene um, that they show uh, towards the end of this movie. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, that's not the total reason. It's a good movie. It's not on my list just for that reason, but it does have kind of a personal connection with me, um, obviously. But uh, I mean, I think it's an interesting movie. I don't, I don't know how to think of the case because it's, I'm not for or against so much i can kind of see the case for both um and honestly the fact that my grandma was involved doesn't really sway my thinking so much um but then again i didn't really know her i mean she was sick my whole life so um i remember her um and uh but uh but anyways um but yeah it's just an interesting movie uh it's uh just an interesting story that I mean Dr. Jack Kevorkian is an interesting character um and then hearing uh Al Pacino speaking with that Michigan accent is Wild. yeah is, is is crazy and he really do, I mean he really does a good job of mm-hmm. portraying the character and um yeah I mean it's just an interesting story um because my my dad was totally against hated Jack and He even likes the movie, um, you know. Because obviously that's his mom that whatever and um, so. But yeah, he's he's a fan of the movie. He you know he appreciates you know the story that it tells and you know he may not agree with everything. So, <clears throat>
1: um,
0: but yeah, um, and Al Pacino won the Golden Globe Award and Screen Actors Guild Award for his performance. So, um, what are your thoughts? Have you have you seen this?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, it's it's all my backups. It's at the very bottom, <laughs> and I think it's there because and it came out on HBO, right? Yeah. So, it's on the list, but I put it there because it is like a TV movie yeah sort of a just in case but i i enjoyed it my my grandmother passed away uh probably around 1990 i think 1990 from cancer and she i was born in florida so she was in florida and my mom had spent like two three months with her in the hospital and there's a point in time where she's like go go get me a gun (laughs) and mom's like no (laughs) but my grandmother passed away around 1990 from cancer and my mom uh, spent quite a few months with her at the end and we were in uh, either Oklahoma or Missouri at that time, where we lived. And she was in Florida, and she had at, towards the very very end, she had told my mom like, "You need to go get me a gun so I can <laughs> so I can do this." And mom's like, yeah. "No." And this this came up. Like he, I don't know if he was in the news. Did he pass away recently within the past year or something?
0: So, I think somewhat recently, I don't know. Um, within the last, I think I, know, I think
2: I know he was in the
1: news. Let me look. No, I, yeah, I
0: don't know to be honest with you, actually.
1: and well
2: no 10 years ago never yeah i was gonna say i think yeah i think he
0: died in 2011
2: but (laughs) but it came up sometime within the last year it came up between me and my mom and, and she was telling me that story about my grandmother and and she at this point in time now she uh agrees with
1: it i'm uh, it, it, it. I don't know if I have a definitive
2: answer. I know what I think. I think, but right, that all depends on who's involved,
1: right? You know, yeah. Like
2: your dad, how he feels, or how you feel. It's right. I don't know. I, it. It's, it's also like a uh. A, a, I don't know, personal freedom type thing, I guess, but.
0: Yeah,
2: I know. Th- this is a for me. It's a surprising role from Al Pacino.
0: Oh, absolutely! In a good way.
2: Yeah. Like, there's none of that hoo ha. None of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wild stuff. It's all. It's all um, nuanced, and it's great.
0: Yeah, which is the all the more surprising because the because Jack Kevorkian himself was kind of like an over the top um you know in court and stuff and it does show some of that but yeah you're right though the the his he doesn't allow the character uh to be that you know because that's a performance that Kevorkian himself is kind of putting on for the press during those court scenes but um as far as the character of Kevorkian he I mean he he portrays him very seriously and very um you know yeah so and yeah i mean this probably wouldn't to be honest with you i mean it probably wouldn't have made my list if it it wasn't for the emotional connection it probably would have been on my backup Mm -hmm. as well um but i just etched in you know basically because of that uh you know personal connection and yeah so yeah because like i said it's something that you know my dad still talks to people about and you know like he brings up this movie anytime we're talking about you know He's talking about Jack of Orkian and the experience and stuff, and he, you know, encourages people to watch this movie because it, you know, does a good job. It does a good job of representing, um, not just the character of Jack of Orkian, but that whole, you know, trial, the whole, the whole spiel of it, you know, the whole whatever you want mm-hmm. to call it, um, you know, the trial, the,
1: <clears throat>
0: um, yeah, just all the so yeah
1: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it's a good it's it's a good movie it's definitely worth uh checking out um you know because it's kind of a little sliver of history too or you know or whatever you want to call it like uh you know from the early 90s that i don't think you know a lot of people don't know as much about as like you know like oj simpson and you know Monica Lewinsky and all that other stuff that was going on at the time this is kind of a lesser known thing but i think equally as if not more interesting and yeah. you know important as far as like the actual you know it's definitely it's definitely something that should be discussed as far as you know um you know the issue of of it you know um and
2: i'm and knowing knowing how the media is too they, there's probably it's far more complicated issue than
1: <laughs> where I'm,
2: this person pulls a string and then they die
0: yeah yeah I don't know I mean, like I said yeah. you know without getting into the issue of um, you know assisted suicide itself uh, you know still like I said I just think it's something that should be we should be having a discussion about um
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know and i don't know um and the movie does raise some interesting um talking points and you know both for and against um against it so you know it's not it's not just pro or anti it it it's you know <clears throat> I oh, don't like I said. It's definitely worth worth checking out and watching. Or, or if or if you're just a fan of Al Pacino, uh, setting aside the the issues or any of the movie, it's still an entertaining movie to watch. Just from a you know, based on a true story, Al Pacino playing this guy kind of thing. He's an interesting character. It's an interesting story. Um, so you know, it, it you know, even if you're not one to get into the whole you know political side of things, it's still you know a movie you can watch and enjoy. Just based on that that level as well. So yeah. All right. I'm I'm done. <laughs>
1: good good. <laughs> yes.
2: All right. This is um my number 10 is one of the ones I watched last night. It's called Edward. Uh but it's spelled E. A-D-W-E-A-R-D. So he's foreign. Okay. It's English. Um, It has a 6.3 on IMDb. There is no tomato meter score, but there is an audience score of 73%. That's probably because this is a Canadian film. Um, Directed by Kyle Rideout. Written by Kyle Rideau and Josh Epstein. Film stars Michael Eklund, Sarah Canning, Christopher Hyderall, Charlie Carrick, Jody Balfour, Torrance Coombs, William Vaughn, and Ian Tracy. Uh, this is available on Am TV and Canopy. And Canopy is uh, k-a-n-o-p-y it's a library rental app hmm. and all you need to to have in order to use is a library card
0: oh oh i've heard about i've heard of that yeah <laughs> i think you might have told me about it actually mm-hmm. but yeah
2: yeah so a psychological drama about the turn of the century photographer edward Mybridge, who was the first to photograph subjects in movement and became the godfather of cinema he later murdered his wife's lover and was the last british american to receive the justifiable homicide verdict
1: hmm. so it, it takes place in i have to i'm sorry how do you how do you spell
0: the title of the movie
1: edward e a d w e a
2: r d
0: e a r d okay sorry go ahead
1: oh there it is
2: Ed, edward mybridge is is known as the godfather of cinema and this movie takes place um uh,
1: in the late eighteen 18- 70s and 80s so he he has a in his 20s or 30s he's he's riding in a
2: carriage a horse-drawn carriage like a cross-country thing and the carriage crashes and he ends up with a uh, severe head injury and is out for like 9 days and
1: comes to and he decides to
2: it's not it's not real certain on when the change happens but he he goes into photography and the movie starts with him like in uh, in eighteen sixties Canada, out in the wilderness, taking a photo with eighteen seventies camera material.
1: Right. But he he's really. Um, intrigued by motion and how to capture motion with camera
2: so he's the first person to really set up he sets up like 20 cameras and has you know it starts out with like a horse galloping so the horse is galloping and he takes 20 pictures of the horse galloping and you put those together and it's how film comes about yeah so this is a story of him going into that and trying to. Uh, he ends up working or, you know, receiving money from a college. And and this is uh, what you would call a not safe for work movie, because there is. Um. Model, it's not gratuitous, but there's modeling that happens in the photographs. Yeah and it's um and when you look you look this guy up you can see the pictures and the and the movements and all that kind of stuff of what he did men and women playing tennis walking on rocks you know undressing yeah so it's not gratuitous it it is something that happened but it's still out there quite a bit (laughs) yeah but the the reason for that is he is, you know, he starts out with people wearing clothes, doing these things. And in 1870s, women are wearing full length dresses. You can't see their legs. You can't see their arms. You can't see what's happening when they're walking up a ladder, down a ladder, whatever. So he's like, you got, you got to do it and do it. And then everybody leaves. <laughs> and he ends up, he ends up getting people from, a uh, an art establishment down the road who has uh, nude models for painting. So they come and help him out and do these photographs. And while this is going on, he meets and marries a, a young woman who is approximately 20 years this um, junior he's about 40 she's about 20 they get married and he's doing these pictures all the time he's at the college you know figuring out different things to take a picture of different movements yeah. and uh, she starts this affair with a journalist and he he does all he can to stop that from happening and he's you know a, a somewhat famous photographer and they're in their bedroom and he looks over and he sees a picture of their baby who's you know one or two years old he's like where did that picture come from i didn't take that picture she's like oh no somebody else and it was the guy she was cheating with Wow. And so he travels to where he is.
1: Uh, um, I can't remember.
2: Yeah, I can't remember where it takes place, but he has to travel and he walks into the house and they're eating dinner and he says, I have a message to you from my wife. And then he shoots him point blank in the chest and he dies that night and he he's arrested and he goes without um you know he goes willingly and he's uh goes to trial and his um he claims uh not guilty by reason of insanity and the jury says well <clears throat> we know you're not insane we know you did this on purpose we know this is premeditated but we also know that any one of us would have done the exact same thing so this is 1980s or 1880s right. jury which is all white <laughs> men right yeah and they're like hey, we can't hold you that against <laughs> you and so he gets off with justifiable homicide and he's the last person in american history to get that verdict Interesting, and that's basically where the film ends but it i thought it was interesting that i chose i watched two this is the first one and it, it's it's pretty good it you know it is 6.3 it could be better um for not knowing any of the actors, they all did great. Um Michael Eklund, kinda reminds me of maybe a cross between Ethan Hawke and um like more on his looks, like Ethan Hawk looks and his performance was um
1: cracker. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis. He kind
2: of mm. had that,
0: okay.
2: that skinny. You know, he he's supposed to be around fifty in the movie, and I don't know if he's actually fifty. But he one of the the weird things is you know the opening shots are of him taking that photograph on top of a mountain and he's got you know a full brown full head of brown hair and a
1: brown beard and it it's um said that not long
2: after his accident all of his hair and beard went white so the majority of the movie he's White. Yeah. Like white hair, white beard.
0: Yeah, that's what it shows on like the poster or whatever. Mm-hmm. White hair, white beard. Yeah. Yeah. I've obviously I've never seen this. I've never even heard of this movie. Um boom. But yeah, it's got I, one. I, I added, yeah, <laughs> I added it to my watch list. i i yeah, I'm I'm excited to check it out. It sounds <clears throat> sounds like a good one. um uh,
2: well, yeah, most of the story takes place around him getting these photographs done and, and the trials around that. And then the, the murder is kind of like a, a thing that happens. Right. But it actually happened. So it's right. Kind of weird. And I don't know. Like I said, I don't know any of these people. But they're all—they have bit parts in like TV shows in America, but all of yeah. them are Canadian, as far as I can tell. Canadian yeah. or South African, something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. So yeah, and I mean, you compared Michael Eckland to Daniel Day Lewis and Ethan Haw- Hawk, Ethan Hawk, um, which are two of my favorite actors. So I mean, that hey. that alone.
2: He's very quiet too. Like I started, or this this performance is very quiet because I started it. I didn't I didn't know that you can like my I, my TV has Roku built in, so I didn't know that you can download the Canopy app on the TV. So I was um putting it from my phone to the TV. Yeah. And I couldn't get the
0: subtitles the
2: subtitles to work. Yeah, it was frustrating because he's so quiet in the performance, <laughs> and everybody else is loud yeah. or normal. Right, I could hardly tell what was going on. And then I turned it off, and when I, I'm like, "This got to be somewhere else." And I found it like that. And after getting subtitles, it worked out great.
0: Yeah, well I'll definitely definitely check it out. Because uh I mean I like I like any based on true story stuff and I especially like stuff that I have no idea, you know, about. Um and obviously I love film, so the fact that he's the you know the godfather of you know that makes it all the more appealing. So I'm looking forward to checking it out. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, my number nine is uh, Private Parts from 1997 uh, with an IMDb rating of 6.9, uh, 75% tomato meter, uh, 68% audience score. Uh, it was directed by Betty Thomas. Uh, with a screenplay by Michael Kalasniko, Len Blum, and it's based on the book by Howard Stern. Uh, it stars Howard Stern, Mary McCormick. Robin Quivers, Fred Norris, Paul Giamatti, and Allison Janney. Uh, it's uh, the autobiographical story of Howard Stern, the radio rebel who is now also a TV personality and author and a movie star. Uh, having always wanted to be a disc jockey, Howard Stern works his way painfully from radio at his 1970s college to a Detroit station. It is with a move to Washington that he hits an, hits on an outrageous off-the-wall style that catches audience attention. Despite his on air blue talk at home, he is a loving husband. He needs all the support he can get when he joins NBC in New York and comes up against a very different version or different vision of radio. Um, so, what's interesting about this uh, movie um, is that most of the characters play themselves. Uh, Howard Stern, of course, plays Howard Stern because I mean, nobody else really could play howard stern but also like all of his on-air uh people uh play themselves as well robin quivers um is her, plays herself fred norris plays himself uh the only um you know just the, just the on-air stuff like his wife is played by someone else and all the nbc executives and everybody else are played by actors but <clears throat> um but yeah that what's what's interesting about this movie is because um especially when i first saw it because i saw it around the time when it came out and i was familiar with who howard stern was um i don't think that i ever really listened to him or had you know i'd heard of him and i'd seen him on like mtv and stuff like that but i, I don't think i would really ever heard him on the radio um uh, until later with the internet you know that you know seeing him on youtube and stuff um but you know i just knew of him as a um you know foul mouth you know kind of guy and seeing the movie it's it's he's totally different like he's a nerdy sweet guy who you know is essentially just putting on a performance on the radio um and the movie really is kind of a love story between him and his wife um which is interesting as well so i mean it 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 really gives the full scope of this artist and you know who he is as a person as well as a performer um, I mean, I'm sure some of it's sugar coated to an extent and whatnot, as you know, movies like this are. But, but it's also very funny and just highly entertaining. Um, and uh, and yeah, what are your thoughts? Have you seen this?
2: Yeah, I gonna, yeah, I was gonna say Baba Booey. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I enjoyed it. I remember it when it came out. Um I re- I you know I remember most of the Outlander stuff that happened, you know, like
1: yeah.
2: him gurgling
1: <laughs>
2: stuff. Yeah, i trying to radio. say
1: WNBC.
2: WNBC, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I wouldn't have. For I don't think I would have thought of this one. <laughs> I don't know why. I did. The only thing I remember from this time is like you. I didn't really know him that much. My dad is not at all techno- uh, technologically inclined at all. But yeah. what he did do is he did have satellite radio when it first
1: came out oh nice so you know stern went to
2: satellite and one of the things i do remember is he had like um i forget where but he would have like Video clips of his show at night, you know, Howard late at night or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that sometime after the movie came out. But
1: yeah,
2: he, yeah, I mean, he's interesting and he's probably one of the best interviewers out
1: there. Yeah,
0: oh, I yeah, think. yeah, he's kind of, I mean, at least from the videos that I've seen, he's kind of moved away from that shock yeah stuff and uh really is a a a good reporter who just you know he's he's he asks the right questions and you know um because i've watched several interviews with him um with various people you know actors musicians all sorts of stuff and it's always uh you know he seems to get more relaxed you know it's not like watching him on you know where you watch him on the tonight show or something where it's all seems very you know scripted or like kind of contained like whereas like you know on the Howard Stern show it's much more just like two people talking you know and it's like
2: yeah they they forget that some somebody's recording
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so it's a lot more entertaining but yeah this movie was um uh, originally on my backup list um and then um and then I rewatched it uh it was probably about a month ago now but um because i hadn't seen it in quite a while and um because i kind of i you know because this isn't like a great movie you know what i mean And it's not even like a great you know biopic per se but after having watched it like i said realizing that it's like the the real people in which i already knew but like watching it and seeing you know it's the real people and it really does as far as a biopic it does what few actual biopics can do because it's got the real people in it it's you know it's a lot more honest it's a lot more frank um even the stuff that's changed for um dramatic effect is still you know it's still howard stern doing it you know so it's still within the realm of his personality um and whatever so it's i don't know i just i really appreciate it it's it's a lot different than like i said that i expected when i first saw it you know um you know as a howard stern uh you know movie um and yeah i I like it quite a bit it's very entertaining It's it's probably the most entertaining movie on my list um just as far as a movie you can watch. And regardless of whether it's a biopic or not, it's still a very funny, um, you know, movie. And I love Paul Giamatti is one of my favorite actors, um, <laughs> you know, character actors. And he's 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 like his character called Pig Vomit. He's the the main guy at NBC that, you know, is basically it's basically Howard Stern versus him. And he's great. I mean, just, you know, Paul Giamatti is great at doing that kind of Uh, I can't even describe it. He has this, like, yell, like, just this, when he's angry, Paul Giamatti is, like, one of the best, like, (laughs) angry guys, just in a funny way, to comedically. I am
2: not drinking Merlot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. But, yeah, it's, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it's. It's a good
1: movie.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I guess um, I do have a little tidbit here. I guess uh, according to Howard Stern, he at first believed that he would be able to improvise throughout the movie uh, as he does in his radio show and did not memorize any of his lines. Um, producer Ivan Reitman had to pull him aside and explain to him that he actually did, in fact, need to learn his lines um, as scripted. So <clears throat> sounds like typical Howard Stern, but.
1: All right. Okay. My number nine is eight seconds. A six point
2: six on IMDB it came out in nineteen ninety four. Uh, tomato meter of 31% (laughs) with an audience score of 94%, um, directed by John G.
0: Hold on here. Yeah. It says my internet connection is
1: unstable. I don't know what my internet's
0: problem is. Like it works just fine. And then the last couple of times when we've been trying to do this, it's like. <coughs> messes up on me. Hold on. Oh, shit. Okay. There we go. I I like disconnected and reconnected. So, up oh, on me. Well, anyway, sorry. The Last thing I heard was it came out in
2: 1994. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> I don't want to say this part again. Sorry. Um, came out in 1994 tomato meter of 31% audience score of 94% um, directed by John G. Alvidson, written by Monty Merrick uh, the film stars Luke Perry Stephen Baldwin James Redhorn Carrie Snodgrass Red Mitchell Cameron Finley Lyndon Ashby and Cynthia Geary. Uh, Renee Zellweger has a bit part as a Bunkle Bunny. Uh, Danny DeVito was a co-producer, too. Um, This is available to rent on Prime Video. Um, This movie chronicles the life of Lane Frost, 1987 PRCA bull riding world champion his marriage and his friendships with Tuff
1: Hedeman and Cody Lambert so uh, Luke Perry plays Lane
2: Frost who is uh, in his time one of the best bull riders there are out there Um, this is um prca bull riding so if if you think of bull riding nowadays you probably think of pbr which is professional bull riding which is something that uh cody Lambert and tough hedeman created after uh this stuff in this film so before that, there, you know, if you rodeoed, you rodeoed uh, in a situation where there was all these events. There was bull riding, there was Bronc riding, there was you know, pole bending, calf roping, steer wrestling, all this stuff happened at the rodeo. Now that still happens, but there's also just bull riding. You can watch just bull riding which it's kind of like you know people who watch NASCAR for the most part are looking for the wrecks you know people who watch bull riding a lot of times are looking for the buck offs Um, my brother was a bull rider and did fairly well he he didn't go professional or anything but he has several buckles from high school rodeos and stuff like that um
1: so uh lane was he he grew up in Oklahoma
2: and he's traveling uh, the rodeo circuit with Tuff Hedeman, who is played by Stephen Baldwin, and Cody Lambert, who's played by Red Mitchell. Uh, Red Mitchell tragically died in a car accident before this movie came out. And um, so the movie kind of shows, shows him um,
1: young uh, where he's played by Cameron Finley and uh, you know it shows him getting into rodeo his
2: dad in real life was a bronc rider it shows them traveling and doing all this stuff and, and kind of his one of the reasons why has such bad reviews is the the girl who
1: plays his wife is um subpar (laughs) actress.
2: (laughs) And I mean I mean not everybody likes bull
1: riding too, but Uh so there's a a
2: bull called red rock who's the nastiest bull of the time and no cowboy has rode that bull for eight seconds and he thinks he can do
1: it um So his last ride, he
2: is at the Cheyenne Frontier Rodeo Days, which is something I've actually been to, cool. and I've seen uh, the statue they have of him out there. But he's riding in a bull called Taking Care of Business. Uh, he gets off after his eight seconds, but the bull turns back and 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 hooks him and the side breaks, you know, ribs and severing arteries, and he ends up uh, dying on the arena floor. And because of that, Tuff Hiedemann is the one who developed the, the vest that they wear now. So now they wear vests for protection. They wear helmets, all this other stuff. But this is a... A good number nine it, it's it's got some funny parts it's got you know some action it's one of those where uh nothing i've come in contact with but apparently it's not unusual for a father to never be impressed with their son even if they win a natural a national championship so he's fighting the whole movie trying to impress his dad and it never happens yeah yeah have you seen this
0: yeah yeah i mean it's been it's been quite a while i don't remember a lot about it um but uh i have a vague recollection and i I remember enjoying it i remember thinking it's a pretty good movie i liked luke perry um and um yeah i do know a lot another thing that the critics are at least um i know Siskel and ebert um weren't too impressed with it and i think their main thing they basically just didn't feel like there was much to the story other than the fact that he dies you know um yeah stuff with his with his girlfriend and stuff was a little you know forced and whatnot but yeah i I mean i i enjoyed it i thought it was a, a an interesting story um i thought he was an interesting character um I mean, of course, you know, I've never been to a bull riding competition. I've, you know, I've never, I'm not, it doesn't hold my interest whatsoever. I mean, I do, I, I, I do appreciate it, I respect it. I mean, I, you know, I mean, it definitely obviously takes a certain kind of person to, you know, be able to go out there and do that once, let alone, you know, many times. So um, but yeah, so I mean, especially uh <clears throat> You know like i said i I enjoy movies that are based on true story that you know um uh you know sometimes it's just cool to see things that you wouldn't otherwise know about, and this is kind of that like I said i' I don't know anything yeah, about definitely. writing um or the, you know so I felt like it it gave me a good idea of you know that world and that you know those kind of people and I like the I like the the relationship between the three guys um mm-hmm. you know with Stephen Baldwin and um whatever the other guy's name is red yeah. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought I thought that was that was interesting, you know, and cool, and you know, there, so
2: yeah, there's a there's a little bit of humor around those three when they're yeah,
0: young. yeah, as I'm yeah, as I'm sure there really would be between you know three mm-hmm. friends, you know, hanging out doing that kind of thing.
2: I like seeing Luke Perry <clears throat> step way outside of nine hundred two one zero. Yeah, I like I like that. Which he did, and he also did in um, the Vampire Hunter movie.
0: Yeah, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, I I always liked Luke I mean, I never never really cared for 90210. Um, Didn't watch a lot of it other than, you know, when my sister's or a friend's sister was watching it, and I'd be forced to... I
2: just like the sideburns. I had sideburns in high school because of that, but... (laughs)
0: Nice. Yeah, I, but I always liked him. I, I, I would have liked to have seen more of of Luke Perry. I don't necessarily think he was a great actor, but he definitely he's definitely one of those people that has that charisma on screen. Um, that I, I just I, I think he could have you know he could have done a lot more. I would have liked to have seen him, you know, do more. And I really liked him on that uh, Riverdale or whatever. It's a shame that you know he uh, isn't that what it is that. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I haven't seen that. I, I know. I, I did appreciate the fact that he was not going to make an appearance on the reboot of Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Yeah, like even before he passed away, he had made the decision. Like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I mean, yeah, good for you. You don't need to.
0: Yeah. Well, he's was, really nobody needed to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, other than Shannon Doherty and him, really nobody from that show went on to do anything else. So I can understand, you know, those people who's like, you know, Ian, Ian, whatever, and you, all those who's like.
2: You need to have some respect for Sharknado, don't you?
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I I don't think so. I mean, the people that I've, never it, seen, I've never seen, I haven't seen. I haven't either, but. <laughs> I mean, it has an awesome title, I'll give it that, but short of that, they made four or five of them, so I mean, they must be good, right?
1: <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but yeah, Luke Perry definitely didn't, you know, <clears throat> didn't need to do that. So yeah, I definitely respect him not going back and and uh, you know, doing that. So, but. <clears throat> But yeah, but no, like yeah, this is a good movie. I would, you know, I don't know that I even thought of this um, for this list. It probably wouldn't have made my my personal list, but I definitely uh, definitely appreciate it. I I think it's been an unfairly, uh, I think it was unfairly maligned by critics. Um, you know, because I mean, it's not a great movie, but it's <clears throat> I mean, if nothing else, there's there's not any really any other movies about this subject you know what i mean so
2: nothing nothing that least, i can think of that's too horribly mainstream i mean there's all those yeah. there's that uh, i mean I, i'm sure there's some lifetime movies out there that are based around road yeah. but yeah. there's nothing mainstream that i can think of
0: yeah, that's what I'm saying. especially back then, um, you know, '94. I'm sure there wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I mean, just on the basis of at least, you know, it's it's exploring a, oh, you know, a, a world or a, you know, profession that we hadn't really seen. That alone, to me, you know, makes an interesting movie. I mean, yeah, some of the the melodrama and the, you know, like I said, the relationship between him and his wife and those like type of that's a little over, you know, whatever. But. <clears throat>
2: And this is back when Stephen Baldwin was halfway cool. Yeah, you know, biodome and that, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's really a short like ninety, <laughs> like ninety three, ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, Stephen Baldwin was cool, and then all of a sudden he he disappeared. And then isn't he the one who became all Christiany and like?
1: Oh yeah, what he's. I
0: think, and now he's all.
1: I think he's born again, and um, I th- his is it
2: his daughter who married Bieber, maybe.
0: I did, that I don't I don't.
2: I think it is.
0: You're probably right, but but yeah, I, I it's weird because I mean, there's nothing wrong with you know being a christian and all that but it's just he, he, he you know he just seems to be the way he as it he, went about it and just talks about it is just kind of he, weird he just, yeah
2: i think he you know most of his films over the last however many years are very kirk cameron like
1: yeah i think yeah
0: yeah that and that's that's what's weird <laughs> to me is like that That line of like pretending like the real world doesn't exist. I don't know. It's just it's just this weird little I don't know thing where like he and
1: and he was in he was on a um a TV show called The Celebrity Mole. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah
2: fifteen years ago. Yeah. I I mean that was kind of (laughs) funny.
0: yeah and he's a, he's a funny dude and he's a interesting dude but now he's just kind of doesn't really do anything but that little niche yeah. thing so i mean i guess teach their own but anyway all right we're well, moving along here uh my number eight um is serpico uh from 1973 Uh, With an IMDb rating of 7.7, 90% tomato meter, 88% audience score. Uh, Another Al Pacino movie uh, directed by Sidney Lumet, uh, screenplay by Waldo Salt, Norman Wexler, and based on the book by Peter Moss, uh, stars Al Pacino, John Randolph, Tony Roberts, Jack Kehoe, Biff McGuire, Cornelia Sharp, and Barbara Ida Young. Uh, Serpico is a cop in the 1960s, early 1970s. Uh, unlike all his colleagues, he refuses a share of the money that the cops routinely extort from local criminals. Nobody wants to work with Serpico, and he's in constant danger of being placed in life-threatening positions by his partners. Nothing seems to get done, even when he goes to the highest of authorities. Despite the dangers he finds himself in, he still refuses to go with the flow in the hope that one day the truth will be known. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, the film shows, uh, the character, um, of Frank Serpico from, um, his rookie, um, days on the beat to becoming a, uh, plainclothes, uh, detective where, and that's where the corruption really, um, rears its head. Um, everybody is on the take. Um, and, uh, And, yeah, I mean, the story is really about him trying to expose uh, these dirty cops and nobody, including internal affairs, like nobody wants to, um, you know, pull the rug on this or whatever, you know, pull the plug on this thing. Nobody wants to expose it. Nobody wants, you know, to the press. It's just it's too big, Um, you know, an issue basically is what they you know, the authorities think, uh, you know, even even the mayor, um, you know, basically they don't want the bad press that it would, you know, some people don't want the bad press. Of course the, you know, the police force doesn't want the, you know, the bad reputation, um, all of that. And so it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's literally a one man, you know, uh, trying to take on these corrupt cops and, um Of course, he's putting his life in danger, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, by doing so. And, you know, there's a lot of suspense uh, from that. And uh, it's just yeah, I mean, it's really fascinating film from all accounts. Like I said, just just on a thriller police, you know, movie. It's you know, it's it's interesting, Um, you know, because like I said, he's constantly. You know, in danger from, you know, criminals and the police um you know he's wearing wires and you know getting trying to get you know stuff on these guys and you know that could go wrong at any minute um and you know of course the fact this is a true story is all the more um you know makes it all the more fascinating um and uh and al pacino actually considers this movie to be one of his greatest achievements as an actor It's included among the 1,000 movies you must see before you die. Let me see. And then uh, director Sidney Lumet was pleased with the cooperation of the NYPD, uh, especially in light of the subject matter and the proximity in time to the actual events. Because the movie, like I said, it 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 ends. I think the events end in like '71 or '72, and the movies, you know, filmed right around that time. uh, You know, came out in '73. Um, So it is kind of fascinating that you know, it's surprising that they did get um support from their cooperation from the nypd um, and they actually said uh i guess uh, two police officers were directly assigned to the movie and lament wondered what their reaction would be um as soon as they saw the truth we were going for how it was not a hollywood version they not only weren't a problem they more actively helped so
1: hmm.
0: yeah that was interesting so have have you seen this movie
1: No. Oh. Sorry. Put it on your no no, it's fine. I
2: just well, I just looked up Frank Serpico and I'm surprised he's still alive. Like going through going through that, I'm surprised he's still alive. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he like I I think this is the one. I think he like moved. I think he like moved out of country but then he ended up like i think this is the movie where i don't know i didn't i didn't i didn't uh write it down but i'm pretty sure like he like i think it says at the end of this movie that he moved to um like some other country or whatever um but then ended up moving back um whatever but yeah I didn't know he, he was alive, but
2: and then he became the godfather.
0: <laughs> but yeah, well well speaking of that though, yeah, it's amazing. Like uh the the great movies that Al Pacino made in, you know, right around this time. Um you know, he did Godfather and then this and then Godfather two and then Dog Day Afternoon, uh, like which those four movies are like his I think his best work. Um but, uh, I mean, he's done some great stuff since, but I mean, those are, I mean, but I mean, how do you top, I mean, you start, you start at that level. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and this is another, um, Al Pacino performance. That's pretty laid back. Um, you know, especially considering the the character he's playing, you know, he's not you know he's very subtle here um it, it's it's an interesting performance and uh <clears throat> yeah like i said it's a, it's a really good movie it's a really good story um, <clears throat> and i mean you it really is about the character uh as much as it is about you know the corruption or whatever it really does show the toll that it takes on him the you know the the emotional conflict within him as you know he wants to be a good cop and he want, you know whatever and um and obviously he he he, he respects his fellow officers as well you know it's not like you know they're they're not all these you know stereotypical corrupt crooked cops like yeah they take money but there's you know a lot of them are still good cops and they're still you know his colleagues and he doesn't want to you know he doesn't necessarily want to see them harmed or, or you know or or even you know whatever he just he just doesn't you know he just doesn't want he became a cop to you know stop the criminals and he sees that being this is like an obstacle in that you know in him being able to do his job and so there's a lot of that. it's just yeah it's just an interesting story so and of course it's a great opportunity performance so Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend it.
1: It's on the list. Let's see. Number 160.
2: I wonder if I remember to take those off.
1: Surely I've seen some of them by now. All right. Well,
2: my number eight is the second movie I watched last night. And it is called Pawn Sacrifice. A 7.0 on IMDb. Came out in 2014. A tomato meter of 71% with an audience score of 65%, directed by Edward Zwick, story by Stephen J. Revell, Christopher Wilkinson, and Stephen Knight, with screenplay by Stephen Knight. The film stars Toby Maguire, Liev Schreiber, Peter Sarsgaard, Michael Stolbarg, Lily Robbie, Robin Wiegert, uh, with Seamus, Davy Fitzpatrick, and AD Lovekamp playing younger uh versions of Toby Maguire's character.
1: Um this is a movie about Bobby Fisher. Uh
2: during the Cold War, American chess prodigy Bobby Fischer finds himself caught between two superpowers and his own struggles as he challenges the Soviet Empire. Uh, this uh, is also available on Canopy, the library rental app. Um, I I came to watch this because we were talking about um Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. And how we hadn't seen Toby Maguire.
1: And this is Toby Maguire's last on-screen performance. Uh,
2: before Spider-Man. He did do like some voiceover work yeah. in 2017 for Boss Baby. But oh, yeah. But he after this movie he went through a separation and a divorce um, and that got finalized in like 2016 so he kind of stepped away and that's why he's been gone for
1: like six seven years but this like in in Spider-Man no way home. He seems like the same Peter Parker, Spider
2: Man, Tobey Maguire. You know he. You could you could say maybe he's a little stiff, maybe he's a little, you know, coming back into it. Maybe yeah. not one hundred. percent he's
0: also he's also like fifteen years older than the last time he yeah. played the role too. So I mean. <clears throat>
2: This this performance for me watching it last night, it's almost like he went out on top. Like this was great. Uh Bobby Fisher was from Brooklyn. If you like see interviews or watch interviews with him, he doesn't have like a thick accent in real life. Tubman McGuire does put on that thick accent, but it feels real mm-hmm. um the two kids who play the younger version of Bobby Fisher have the same thing, and that feels real too um Leif Schreiber plays spacesky who <laughs> uh Boris spacesky who um fisher would go on to beat in 1972 become the world chess champion (laughs) um who's still he i don't know if he's still alive now he was alive when the movie came out and he himself called the film weak with no intrigue and i
1: completely disagree this this
2: If if you were to take the idea of chess out of this, you would almost fit it into like a sports movie type thing because he's constantly um, practicing and, and going over different situations with uh, Peter Sarsgaard's character who plays a priest who cusses and drinks and smokes. which is awesome and peter sarsgaard is good anyway yeah uh but yeah i mean bobby fisher the person at at this point in time he's uh in in the 60s and 70s well up until the 60s and 70s he's Hard to deal with, hard to get along with he's he has so many demands he you know and the, the bad thing is is he, he's good, he knows he's good, and he knows he's gonna get what he wants because it's the cold War, and America wants to come out on top, so he's got the president, he's got Henry Kissinger behind him,
1: and this is just have, have you seen it i haven't i have
0: oh. uh, yeah i i i've heard of it of course and i i knew it existed it's just one of those movies i just never got around to watching and then kind of somewhat forgot about just you know i got lost in the shuffle but <clears throat> i may i may <throat> even watch this tonight like I've been, I've been wanting to watch it, and it just so now I have
2: it's Well, I watch it on Canopy. I think it says here it's also included with Prime. So it look, it looks like it's free on Prime too. But I mean, uh, Zwick, Edward Zwick, the director, he also directed Defiance, mm-hmm. and um, that's the
1: uh leave schreiber was in that also and they were well, they weren't russian but they were so no eastern
2: eastern european um yeah Bel, belarus yeah they were jewish and and this he he's even better with that accent he does good with that accent in fact he only speaks out loud like two lines of english he had to learn russian for this
1: role
0: yeah i've always liked leave schreiber too he's another one of those i think is underrated like somewhat like yeah yeah,
1: <clears throat> yeah i'll have to check this out and uh there's another there's
2: another uh chess player who's critical of the movie uh, because you know some of the moves they show on film he's like well that's not that's not what really happened or that's not an accurate whatever 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 and i'm like i you know what whatever
1: yeah
2: it's a good it's <laughs>
0: yeah we've we yeah we've we talked about that I know, before. like the i know
2: I know how to play chess, you know, but I don't what does it matter if the opening move from game five in nineteen seventy two is different
0: yeah yeah than
2: what's shown
0: yeah exactly it doesn't affect the movie whatsoever like it's you know it's not like this is a news report that got it wrong, like it's uh yeah <laughs> Yeah, like I said uh on any movies like this, I I take, I mean, I take this, you know, anything that I'm being shown with a grain of salt. Um, you know, so I mean, I don't expect to be told the 100 percent truth. Um <clears throat> but uh yeah, so I mean that doesn't really matter to me. It's more of the does the the general you know intent of the story come across and is it, you know, is it entertaining? <clears throat> you know, and that's because that's really the whole point of, you know, of these movies. That's why things are changed just to make it more interesting and
2: see, I'm the I'm, I'm the let me put it this way. I don't like hockey like I don't have anything against it, but I love a hockey movie for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. I love a hockey movie. I know how to play chess. I'm not like really big into it. It's not one of my favorite things to do, but a chess movie. I mean, this is this, this one especially. Spacey can shove the pawn up his butt. I mean, this was <laughs> yeah. this. I was on the edge of my seat on a couple things watching them play chess. Yeah, you know, and it's and yeah. that's because of the acting and the music and the cinematography. Right. So it's, right,
0: you know, right. And, that, and that's what I'm saying like yeah because like I like chess but I mean the idea of watching people play chess does not appeal to me uh mm-hmm. one bit um you know but but you know <clears throat> the idea of watching Tobey Maguire and you know playing Bobby Fischer does sound like a a, a promising <laughs> promising thing so it sounds like the movie did a good job so yeah whether it's accurate or not on the, all the chess I don't really care <laughs> like <laughs> you know
1: yeah so. you
2: can you can also say well tell me 5'8 five eight bobby fisher was six two, so what?
0: yeah or like days of thunder is a good example too because i'm not a fan of nascar i mm-hmm. i never I'm, I'm not gonna say i've never seen nascar but it's not something that i would watch whenever but watching days of thunder like would make makes me want to watch that like i enjoy watching that movie and if, if they tell me that that's not how real nascar works i don't care like i enjoyed watching that movie it's a, you know it's a good you know depiction of whatever like of course i'm sure <laughs> there's a lot of inaccuracies but
1: yeah
0: you know it, it gets across the spirit and the the you know the passion of the drivers and the you know the basic stuff of, of the sport that <clears throat> you know really matters when it comes to a movie so <clears throat> All right. Yep, it's on my list. I will. I will probably try to watch this movie before we speak again, because um, <clears throat> now, especially having heard you talk about it, I'm, I'm all the more excited to see it. So, <clears throat> I'll uh, I'll let you know what I think. Yeah. All right. Well, my number seven. This is this is one that I had on my backup and moved up um, after watching it last night. Uh, again, last night. I've, I'd actually seen it once before, but uh, it's uh, Dolomite is My Name uh, from oh. 2019 uh, with an IMDb rating of 7.3, a 97% tomato meter, and a 91% audience score. Uh, it was directed by Craig Brewer, uh, screenplay by Scott Alexander and Larry um, who wrote a couple other movies on my list, so we'll be talking more about those guys. Um, stars Eddie Murphy. Keegan-Michael Key, Mike Epps, Craig Robinson, Titus Burgess, Snoop Dogg, T.I., Wesley Snipes, and Chris Rock. Um, Eddie Murphy portrays real-life legend Ruby Ray Moore, a comedy and rap pioneer who proved naysayers wrong when his hilarious, obscene, kung fu-fighting alter-ego dolomite became a 1970s exploitation phenomenon. Um, Yeah. I mean, this is a great movie for so many reasons. Um, it's as far as a biopic, it, it does a great job of, uh, not just, um, recreating the events of the character, um, but really showcasing the, the, this, like the whole movie, um, just feels, uh, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but, um, And, and and Eddie Murphy really just rules this movie. I mean, he he really gets into the character. It's and 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 on and that's a different level that the movie is is kind of it's kind of a comeback for Eddie Murphy, um, you know, after years of doing like kids movies and just not making too much good stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, and it's it's just a really good underdog story of uh you know this guy who you know just wants to entertain people just really wants to be famous um but uh just because he feels he has something to offer to people it's not so much that you know for selfish reasons or even money um he just wants to do you know what he what he loves to do and get paid for it and um you know, it really shows that uh the hustle, you know, the and the passion. Um, and you know, just he, you know, this that won't give up attitude. Um, you know, because he starts out as just kind of a nightclub performer opening, you know, at a local bar, uh telling jokes, bad jokes at that. Um, and then um he comes up with this idea from like bums that come in the, in the record shop that he works at, um, these old winos that have this, um, sort of, um, sing song flow to telling stories and just whatever. And he sparks this idea of him that he creates this whole character of just this lewd crude, um, <clears throat> Guy and um, you know, and this is at the time when that kind of stuff was still not you know acceptable. You know, the Lenny Bruce and Red Fox, um, you know, were uh, you know working blue was still you know not accepted in most places, and so. Um, <clears throat> but uh, uh, but yeah, and more more than that, though, what what really struck me watching the movie a second time was uh just the character of rudy ray moore and and especially as portrayed by eddie murphy um and just the pure joy of doing what he's doing both the character and eddie murphy uh just really comes across in this movie and he's um like when they when they're filming the movie he like he's broke he has no money um and um but he treats his uh, these people that work with him like as a family um and so he's he's concerned about their well-being and their um you know livelihoods and whatnot and um <clears throat> yeah i don't know it's it's just a really interesting just feel good fun hilarious entertaining movie um and just really recreates that whole time period and everything and, and I don't know I, I love this movie like what have, have you seen this
2: I haven't had a chance to watch it yet really well I, that's not true Just I, haven't. I, I haven't chosen to watch it yet yeah I don't know why I don't it doesn't because of my interest this doesn't pop up. For yeah. Me. I'd have to search for it. But
0: yeah, well, you should. You I should. don't have
2: any. I feel kind of bad. I don't have any comedies on my list.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this really isn't a, a, a list that you would, um, you yeah, know, really think of comedies. I don't know how I happen to get a couple on mine. But because uh, they, they, like I said, the, these were two that were both the comedies well, on the list were ones that's that. That's not were, true. I do have one initially um well i guess my number one is kind of a comedy but i didn't initially really have comedies on my list and you know until they kind of they were in my backups to kind of move their ways up but uh but yeah you definitely should um check this one out um i mean it's not better than serpico but it's definitely more entertaining and it's definitely one that you know you could be in any mood to watch any kind of movie and you know just put on dolomite is my name and it's you know you'll enjoy it <laughs> it's
2: number 161
0: <laughs> nice yeah this was actually eddie murphy's first rated movie since life in 1999 so almost 20 yeah
2: that, 20 years that was such a good
1: movie
0: oh yeah i love yeah it's one of my favorite <laughs> <Eddie> Murphy movies <laughs>
1: Yeah, I do love that movie
0: as well. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so yeah, you should you should check it out. I'd I'd like to hear your your thoughts on it when you when you do. Because <clears throat> yeah, it's it's one of I think it's one of Eddie Murphy's best movies. Uh, that you know Dolomite is my name. Like it's <clears throat> it's a great performance. It's it's a great movie. <clears throat> And especially after seeing, like I said, seeing Eddie Murphy in so many like neutered performances, Um, you know, it's just great to, you know, see him just like you have to see the movie because you can just see the life in back in Eddie Murphy. It's just it's the you know, the the Beverly Hills Cop, Forty Eight Hours, Eddie Murphy just you know that we haven't seen in you know since life probably you know like yeah. Well. Yeah, know, so yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a joy.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, that, that'll probably be the
2: next one I watch.
1: You won't be disappointed, I promise. <clears throat> I'll watch Pawn Sacrifice.
0: You watch Dolomite, and we'll. Get back with
1: each other.
0: Sounds good. All right, what do you got?
1: My number
2: seven is Lee Daniels' The Butler. Seven point two on IMDb came out in two thousand thirteen. A tomato meter of seventy two percent, audience score of seventy eight percent. Directed by Lee Daniels, based on an article by Will Haygood, with screenplay written by Danny Strong. The film stars Forrest Whitaker, Oprah Winfrey, David Oyelowo. <laughs> Screwed that up. Terrence Howard, Cuba Gooding Jr., Lenny Kravitz, Robin Williams, James Martin, Minka Kelly, Leif Schreiber, Alan Rickman, John Cusack, Jane Fonda, Mariah Carey, David Banner, and Alex Pitifer. Uh, This one is available on Showtime or to rent on Prime
1: Video. Cecil Gaines was a sharecropper's son who grew up in the
2: 1920s as a domestic servant for the white family who casually destroyed his. Eventually striking out on his own, Cecil becomes a hotel valet of such efficiency and discreetness in the 1950s that he becomes a butler in the White House itself. There, Cecil would serve numerous U.S. presidents over the decades as a passive witness of history, with the American Civil Rights Movement gaining momentum even as his family has troubles of its own. As his wife Gloria struggles with her addictions and his defiant eldest son, Louis, strives for a just world, Cecil must decide whether he should take action
1: in his own way. Yeah. I don't know... what uh, much to say um he, he's
2: he's a butler in the White House, yeah, and it shows him with uh different presidents um John Cusack plays richard
1: nixon um uh, me get the big the big list. Robin Williams plays Dwight D. Eisenhower.
2: Uh, James Marsden is John F. Kennedy. Leif Shriver plays Lyndon B. Johnson.
1: Alan Rickman plays Ronald Reagan. It's just, it's just really
2: interesting to see These big name people playing such recognizable
1: presidents, yeah, and doing somewhat okay. Like, yeah, I liked um,
2: John Cusack as Richard Nixon.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I Robin Williams.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I thought they all did good jobs. That's actually that's that's one of the problems I had with the movie, though, um, was the the big name actors playing the presidents. It almost distracted from the movie because it was more like, oh, look, it's, you know, John Cusack playing whatever. It's Robin Williams playing whatever. And it kind of took me away from the movie. It's still a good movie and I I like it. Um, I just think as far as the, the seriousness and, you know, uh, I think it just distracts like I said, from from the story of the butler, um, mm. you know, by having, you know, celebrities playing the presidents, but I mean, I get it, um, you know, and they did, like I said, they do a good job, um, you know, every single one of them, um, <clears throat> you know, do a really good job, and so, you know, can't really fault their performances, but... <clears throat> But yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting story. Um, And I mean, Forrest Whitaker is another one of those actors that you know is just great in almost anything he does. Um, And
2: uh, yeah, he's got he's got some absolute range too.
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say because he can be tough and and I mean because he's a big guy, you know, and so whatever. Mm -hmm. But he's also he can also be very gentle and compassionate and, and in fact that's pretty pretty much what he's mostly known for you know he does a lot more roles is it for being a big you know guy uh when i think of yeah. him i think of the more gentle you know sweet um
2: yeah like phenomenon or yeah yeah born in vietnam
0: yeah or even he was even in, in a movie called ghost dog where he plays a professional killer um but he's actually like this like introverted like very like um sweet guy actually um yeah it's <clears throat> yeah i think that this one didn't didn't cover like i said uh, because like when i think of it yeah because i like i said i think for the the flaws that i stated is is why i kind of you know
1: You know, didn't didn't think of this movie, but I just think it's interesting
2: that he he was so good at at being discreet and having things in order and all that kind of stuff, all while his home life being such in disarray at the same time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean and it's interesting too the way the movie contrasts, you know, that with the you know, world events and stuff and mm-hmm. you know the stuff that he's you know, he's a witness to and you know um You know, yeah, so I mean it definitely is a very interesting story. Um you know, kind of history seen through you know you know, this guy's eyes. I mean, this guy worked through several presidencies. And so, I mean, he was, you know, a witness to a lot of, you know, a lot of different um, important, you know, decisions and, you know, events. And So, yeah, I mean, it is, it it really is a really good movie. And I mean, maybe I'm being toughly, you know, unfair to it, but I can only, you know, report my experience and like i said i just kept getting distracted by the by the actors playing the characters rather than getting you know into you know that that when it came to that kind of
1: stuff you know it kind of took me out of the movie but
0: Which I do, I do kind of stand by that though, because like if it was a comedy or something like that, I could see, you know what I mean. Like it was mm-hmm. a lighter subject matter, but like I said, it just, <clears throat> I think it just unfairly takes away from the the greater story, you know, about the Butler. <clears throat> oh, and I also, and I also refuse to call it Lee Daniels the Butler. <laughs> it's the Butler. I don't, I, I don't understand, like. <laughs> That whole thing, like, there's several movies with that have the same titles. Like, I, I, I never understood like why, because there was some legal battle that, like, that some studio owned the the, but, but I'm like, I don't understand how you can own a title. Like, your your movies are there's several movies that have the same title. <laughs> like, why is this one got to be differentiated? <laughs> So it's the butler, damn it.
1: Hmm. Sounds good to me.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry, that was just a <clears throat> personal rant, but <clears throat> has nothing really to do with the movie itself. But
1: I don't have anything else.
0: All right. Well, I will move on. And to my number six, uh, which is Steve Jobs from 2015, uh, with an IMDb rating of 7.2, uh, with an 85% tomato meter and a 73% audience score. Uh, it was directed by Danny Boyle, screenplay by my man Aaron Sorkin, uh, based on the book by Walter Isaacson, and stars uh, Michael Fassbender, Kate Winslet, Seth Rogen, and Jeff Daniels um and steve jobs takes us behind the scenes of the digital revolution to paint a portrait of the man at its epicenter Uh, the story unfolds backstage at three iconic product launches ending in 1998 with the unveiling of the imac um so yeah so the movie basically is like it's a three-act play essentially or if you will and it literally just takes place in these you know each divided into these three events um of the unveiling of certain products um that Steve Jobs uh had you know had his hand in uh mostly with Apple um and uh yeah um uh, <clears throat> And, but but during these events, we we still I mean there, and there's some flash there's a few flashbacks too of um, you know him with uh, Seth Rogen's character um, Steve Wyziak, I believe um, and you know when they in the garage where they you know created their first computer or whatever um, but for the most part the movie does take place just in these set locations but uh, we still get a lot of background we learn of uh, steve job's daughter um and there's the you know that's really the over other than the the technology you know the, the creations uh that's really the over overending ending arc of the whole movie is his relationship with his daughter um and then also his relationship with his uh with the kate winslet character um who uh i'm not sure if she's if she's her, his assistant or something along those lines. Um, but anyways, um, but, but yeah, those, those three characters are really the Steve jobs, the Kate Winslet character and his daughter are kind of the three, um, <clears throat> that are in every, uh, segment, if you will. um, <clears throat> But, um, but yeah, so then, if that, you know, that, that alone makes it a unique, uh, just that that three-act setup is kind of unique, um, mm-hmm. but also in, in Michael Fassbender's performance, because, I mean, he doesn't resemble um, Steve Jobs. Um, in fact, there was a biopic, uh, Steve Jobs' biopic came out a couple years before called Jobs that starred Ashton Kutcher, who does look more like Steve Jobs. Um, but uh that movie just wasn't very good. <laughs> um <clears throat> whereas this one, um I think it captures the the man a lot more. Um and um yeah I mean it's just it's <clears throat> I mean I kind of you know I kind of referenced it as a three act play and it really does feel like a play. Um you know um I could, I could, you know, I could see this being performed, you know, on, on a stage, you know, without any, whatever, there's not a lot of camera tricks, there isn't a lot of whatever it really is, a lot of it is just characters talking and specifically, um, you know, Steve Jobs, I mean, it's. Um, it's interesting just to see a movie about this character about this, this man, and um we really only see him, you know, standing around, talking, um, preparing for these launches and, um, yet it still gets across everything you need to know about the man and more. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I mean, I like a lot. And of course, you know, Aaron Sorkin is one of the, you know, I've mentioned before, I think he's great with dialogue and, um, yeah, I, and you know, so he brings it here. Um as well, there's just, you know, for, you know, a movie that's just t- just people talking. I mean, I don't think anybody does it better than Aaron Sorkin and um <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, have you seen this?
1: No,
2: not this one. Um I did see
1: Jobs. You did? <laughs> yeah yeah uh is i remember reading somewhere
2: did did fassbender threaten to break his arm to get out of doing this movie
0: uh i i mean i didn't read anything oh Um,
2: maybe that's a, maybe i'm thinking of something different but i i just added this to my list um i i like this type of stuff i don't i don't like steve jobs
0: yeah oh yeah I and mean, this movie won't will not change that opinion um
2: i don't like apple i don't like steve jobs
1: uh,
0: yeah um,
2: i Yeah. his I mean, yeah. But, yeah, you know, what's interesting is you, you brought up Jobs with Ashton Kutcher, and he's, in real life, Ashton Kutcher's somewhat of a technological yeah. savant himself.
1: Yeah.
2: Which surprises that he couldn't have had a better movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> Yeah, I don't uh like I said, I don't fault him. Um and if he, you know, if, if he was in this movie, I, I'm sure he would have been fine. Uh, although I mean obviously I, I think Fastbender is the better actor. Um, but uh but that's not to say that Aston Kutcher couldn't, you know, because yeah, he did a good job in the in the role. Um, but yeah, I just didn't feel like the movie was that that good. Um but yeah, it's uh <clears throat> Yeah, I don't I don't I, yeah, I, I don't think Fastbender minded being in the movie. He the the only thing um I know that cuz Christian Bale was originally um going to be well cuz David Fincher was originally attached to direct. Um but then uh due to you know differences with the studio or whatever, he he dropped out and then Danny Boyle took over. Uh but when David Fincher was going to do it, it was going to be Christian Bale and um but anyways, I know Fassbender made several comments about that he, you know, he didn't feel he was right for this movie, and that you know he thought Christian Bale, um, you know, should have should have done it. Um,
1: <clears throat> but yeah. That's really
0: the only the only thing I have as far as uh, him, you know, um, his casting or him being in it or whatever, but, <clears throat> but yeah, and I guess Danny Boyle originally wanted Leonardo DiCaprio, um, but he was busy making The Revenant. And Aaron Sorkin, when he originally was writing the movie, he wanted Tom Cruise. Um, but I don't know, you know, I don't know when Sorkin first started the screenplay. So how long ago that was? I'm not.
2: Yeah, I'm not crazy. So here's here's what Michael Michael Fassbender said um, when the script arrived for me and the opportunity to play the part. I really thought this is not me. This should be somebody else. It's a miscast scenario. Then I spoke to my agent and my dad, and they were like, you've got to go for it. But at the beginning in rehearsals, I was trying to find a way to get out of the job. I remember telling my driver, if I put my arm in the door and you slam it, I should cause a break. And you sh- and should get me out of this gig.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I- he's
2: apprehensive. I don't think... I thought I got the weird memory. I got the weird.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I do remember, (laughs) I do remember reading something about that. I don't remember the breaking the arm part, but yeah, I I do remember. So where, yeah, he was very apprehensive about taking the role and like like I said with the, you know, he, he thought Christian Bale should do it. Like he just really didn't feel he was, was right and didn't want the part. So yeah. How do you say that? That does ring a bell. But, uh, but yeah, and, uh, and Danny Boyle did um, film all three sequences in different, um, in different ways, like the, the first uh, sequence mm-hmm. is in 16 millimeter, the second one's in 35 millimeter, and the last one is in digital um, to illustrate the advancement in the technology in the 16 years. Um, <clears throat> so that's kind of cool. But, uh, and I guess Kate Winslet considers her role uh, as one of her favorite performances in this film to be one of her favorite films that she's done. So, and Jeff Daniels is great in it too. He's, he kind of plays, um, his character is basically fiction, but um, he plays kind of a father figure somewhat to um, Steve Jobs in the movie and um i mean yeah i just jeff Daniels is one of those actors that's just you know great and uh so it's always a pleasure to see him on screen he he actually started with aaron sorkin um on his show the newsroom um he's you know he was the main guy in that have you seen that show the newsroom
2: oh no i th- i think i've seen clips where he yeah. talks about
0: yeah i'm sure you've seen that famous clip where he's how
2: bad america is (laughs) yeah yeah i was like america's
0: not the greatest country or whatever but that's the first scene of the first episode like but yeah it's it's a really good show but but yeah of course this is another one of those that like a lot of the stuff didn't really happen um but um it's almost like it's almost not meant to be because it's taking place in those 3 you know i mean now it's obviously condensing stuff that happened to all fit within this timeline and the structure of the movie so um yeah i mean it doesn't really matter and this movie especially because it doesn't really depict anything it just kind of more tells it and talks about it and you get this sense of the guy um you know the movie's called Steve Jobs it's not called Apple it's not called iPhone you know what i mean like it's it's about the guy not so much you know all of the things he's accomplished and everything you know and it really gets who this guy was you know this what drove him what compelled him you know and i mean yeah and so that's you know whether the events happened exactly how they happened doesn't really matter because that's not what the movie's trying to you know trying to get across so anyways yeah another one you should definitely Definitely add to your list. Yep.
1: All
2: right. My number six is Men of Honor. A 7.2 on IMDb came out in 2000. A uh, tomato meter of 42% with an audience score of 81%. Directed by George Tillman Jr. Written by Scott Marshall Smith. The film stars Cuba Gooding Jr., Robert De Niro, Charisse Theron, uh, and Janu Ellis, Hal Holbrook, Michael Rapaport, Powers Booth, David Keith and Holt uh, McAlaney available on Stars or to rent on Prime Video. The story ultimately revolves around two men of honor, their relationship, their individual and joint failures and triumphs. Carl Brashear is determined to be the first African-American Navy diver in a time where racism is rife. Leslie Sunday is his embittered trainer determined to see him fail. Fate, challenges, and circumstances eventually draw these two men together in a tale of turbulence
1: and ultimately triumph. So
2: this is uh, based in the late 40s and on Cuba Gooding Jr. is attempting to be the first African-American naval diver. Robert De Niro plays Billy Sunday, who is um, his trainer. And he spends the majority of the movie breaking him down and breaking him down and uh, doing everything he can to
1: make sure he does not succeed. Um, Later on, Uh, after
2: uh, Brashear passes the class and he is allowed to be a Navy diver, he um, uh, becomes a national hero during something called uh, the Palomaris Incident uh, when a B-52G bomber um, collided with a tanker during midair fueling um,
1: and went into the ocean he uh, uh recovers a missing hydrogen
2: bomb and saves the lives of some of the navy crewmen. Uh, but ends up really messing up his leg, and it has to be amputated. and towards the end of the movie, he's trying to not be discharged and to be continue as his um, to continue his duties, and he's being not court-martialed, but there's like a hearing, and Robert De Niro shows back up as sort of a character witness and helps him out really big and pushes him to uh, take the steps. He has to put on this the huge contraption that you usually wear underwater, so it's fine underwater, but he has to wear it in the room and take... 10 steps i believe and uh he gets to he does that and then gets to do diving for another nine
1: years have you seen
0: this yeah 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 it's a good movie i like it great performances uh probably cuba getting juniors last i think good movie um but uh but yeah, no, it's it's,
1: it's a great. it's a um one of the few few and far between
2: um Southern performances from Robert De Niro. hmm
0: Yeah, he's and he and he, he can play a like he can play a nasty guy better than Almost anybody um, you know, and when he does it it you know believe it,
1: but yeah, it's a yeah, it's a compelling
0: story uh yeah, I don't really have too much to say about it. I haven't seen it in in a while um, I haven't either. But I do have a pretty good you know i i i remember most of the basic story you know and 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 whatever and the the i mean it's really a lot of it at least what i remember is the the conflict between um you know robert de niro and and um, Cuba getting jr and um you know basically the uh what you know what what the character is you know is fighting against is you know is is everybody like uh you know like the robert de niro character uh you know trying trying to be the first black anything you know um kind of robert de niro kind of represents all of society at that point and you know yeah the perseverance of of the character is is amazing like it's yeah this is another one of those that like i would i would never have heard of this story if it wasn't for the movie you know like and it's such an amazing story like it should be known um more but you know a lot of these stories don't you know get the wide whatever that they deserve but but yeah it's a powerful movie i definitely highly recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it like i said the story alone is uh is definitely worth knowing and you know and then on top of that the the performances are great and you know story wise it's a very uh i wouldn't say entertaining but it's definitely uh uh it's 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 not boring
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know so <clears throat> yeah it's definitely one
0: of those after watching it, you're like, oh wow like that's 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 great like that's <clears throat> can't believe that actually happened and in many ways it's like I can't believe people were treated like that, but you know at, at at one you know from one side and then at the other time, it's like, wow, that guy really like <clears throat> you know it's amazing that he <laughs> you know didn't give up and <clears throat> stuck with it and you know and then went on to do what he did, you know beyond you know just being the first so yeah it's yeah it's a good one
2: thank you for joining us on two middle-aged men in their top 10 and for listening to us discuss top 10 biopics today's episode we shared numbers 10 through 6 see you tomorrow